This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. But he was not the light. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, what are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, why, do you, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> if you are in kindergarten through eighth grade, I invite you to come sit up here in the sanctuary. If you like, you don't have to. I won't hit you. You can stay where you are or you can come up. I may hit you. I don't like to comment on people's appearances, but you guys are very well-dressed Sunday after Sunday. So we're celebrating Advent. Advent, we've talked about in recent Sundays, is a four-Sunday, and then whatever days there are in the weeks, this year the fourth week will be very brief, preparation period for the coming of the grace of the Christmas season. Christmas is, in fact, a memory that the Son of God, Jesus, was born about 2,000 years ago. But for people who live in the church, it is also a grace that God offers us, a real grace, a blessing God offers the world somehow through the grace of the Christmas season to have Jesus reborn in us. We have no idea what that will mean. We have no idea how that will unfold or even when it will unfold because it may be long after the Christmas season. It probably will be. But that grace is real. We know this from our experience year after year. Advent is the period of preparing for the coming of that grace. I really need Jesus to be reborn in me. He was born in me from the moment I was baptized. He grows in me every way I live in him, particularly through receiving the Eucharist. But I still need him to be reborn because I'm sinful and I'm limited and certainly all of us collectively are sinful and limited. Third Sunday of Advent every year, the church hopefully is decorated with this rose color. The candle on the Advent wreath for the third week is a rose color. The vestment I'm wearing is a rose color. Priests only wear these vestments two days a year, one Sunday in Lent, one Sunday in Advent. The Advent Sunday is called Gaudete Sunday. It's a word in Latin that means rejoice. 
And in Lent, it's called Laetare Sunday, also means rejoice in Latin. So what we're invited to focus on is joy, what the reality of joy is and how much God wants to offer, God does offer it to us. There's a thing at the beginning of Mass called the Entrance Antiphon. You can read it in the Missalette. It's a little piece of scripture at the beginning of every Mass. For this Sunday, it's a passage from St. Paul from the, his letter to the Philippians. He says to other Christians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is near. So what is joy? No one has a perfect definition or an exhaustive definition of joy. Joy is different from pleasure, and it's also different from happiness. It may be connected with them, but joy is much, much deeper and much more important. So pleasure is something physical. It also can be a little bit emotional. I take pleasure from eating a healthy meal. I feel good. It's good for me. It's pleasurable. I per so that's a very good pleasure. I take pleasure from eating three extra large double cheese pizzas. I take so much pleasure, I can't even describe it to you, but it turns out that's a bad pleasure because the immediate and long-term after effects are really, really bad. So it's all pleasure, might be good, might be bad, and all pleasure by nature is temporary. It's here and it goes. It's great to have a life filled with pleasure, but it, every pleasure only lasts for a while. Same thing with happiness. Happiness is something, a feeling, it's something emotional, psychological. Happiness can also be good or bad. I am genuinely happy to be here this morning with all of you in this beautiful church. That is a good happiness, because all of this is good. There are people who live very, very close to this space where we are, who are happy that they're gonna sell fentanyl today knowing it may kill people. They actually are happy doing this. That is evil, it's false, but it's still an emotional, psychological happiness for these very twisted people. So, could be good happiness, could be very bad happiness, and also happiness comes and goes. Joy, to repeat, is something much deeper because it's spiritual. It's in our souls. So yes, it also involves our minds and our feelings, but it's fundamentally so much more beautiful because it's a spiritual reality. Joy is something like, well, St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, we had this in Catholicism 101 recently, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which means God gives us God's grace, and if we live God's grace, one of the effects is this fruit of the Holy Spirit. So joy comes from God through the Holy Spirit. When we choose to do what God wants us to do in this earth, we experience joy. Joy, again, is a gift from God, but it becomes real in us when we make the choice to do the will of God, to live the way that God wants us to live. Joy, happiness, pleasure, you experience them for a while. When you actually experience spiritual joy, you know you're tasting forever. 
because it's a taste of eternal life. It's not like you experience joy morning, noon, and night, but when you experience it, you know in your soul, I am tasting heaven because God is eternal. God is eternal joy. When joy becomes real on this planet in my life, I know I'm onto something eternal, no matter what the circumstances of life. So I hope that life is filled with happiness for you these days, not for all of us. I hope life is filled with good pleasure for all of you these days. Obviously, it's not. Some of us are going through very difficult things. No matter the circumstances of your life, joy is always available. I actually think this liturgy kind of is trying to hammer us over the head with this. That first line, when Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, the Lord is near, he's in prison. He's been completely unjustly put in prison because he's preaching the truth of Jesus and because he chooses to continue to preach the truth of Jesus, which is what Jesus wants him to do, he experiences joy. A prison, terrible hatred, totally unjust persecution, cannot take away joy if in the midst of it, you do what God wants you to do. The Psalm that we heard, normally we hear one of the Old Testament Psalms, the Psalm we prayed, it's actually from the first chapter of Luke. We heard this on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. It's Mary, a young woman, expressing joy when she says yes to allowing Jesus to be conceived in her. The scripture tells us she's troubled, she's afraid, she cannot make logical sense of this easily. Everything that she's expected in life, it's all changed. Everything about the future is new, which you say you'd like that until new things come along and then you get really nasty. She, in the midst of that, says, yes, I will do, God, what you want me to do. Let it be done to me as you say. She experiences joy. Gospel reading we just heard, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, is telling everybody the truth the Messiah that people have been waiting for for centuries, he's about to come here. And then a little bit, John the Baptist says, it's Jesus. How do people react? Some people very positively. That passage emphasizes religious leaders persecute him. He's completely telling the truth. And these supposedly God-fearing people come out and they interrogate him, and they interrogate him, and they interrogate him like he's doing something wrong. A little bit after this, he has his head cut off by an evil person, and yet he experiences joy, because in the midst of these horrible circumstances, he does what God wants him to do. He tells people what God wants him to tell people. So to repeat, I hope life is wonderful, and sometimes life really is wonderful. I think your guys' lives are mostly really, really good. And many of you already know it's not always this way. You all know it is not. I hope that we have the most pleasurable, good pleasure, Christmas season possible. I hope we have the most happy, good happiness, Christmas season possible. What I care much more about, in addition, and much more, is that we open ourselves to joy. Christmas 101 
is Jesus Christ wants to be reborn in you. He is God. He is breathed into us the moment we're baptized. If you want to know what to do every day of your life that God wants you to do, he's within you. The more he is born in you, the more clear it becomes. The more you allow him in, the more you focus on him in all the details of life. You learn from him what to do. And the more you do it, the more joy you experience. If you have not a moment of happiness in this Christmas season, if there turns out to be not a single bit of pleasure, you are being invited to have joy reborn in you so that you can experience it way past the happiness, way past the pleasure. So here is to a pleasurable, happy Christmas season. I only wish it for all of us, but this week, please add to your prayer, come Lord Jesus, lead me to greater joy. Whether you believe this or not, you can rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Whether you understand this or not, the Lord is near. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.